What's up, everybody, and welcome to the iReach Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Robinson, founder and CEO of Construct Reach, a national consultancy and initiative that aims to diversify the construction, design, and innovation industries and empower a younger generation. Every single week, we are here merging education, industry, and culture with a variety of featured guests that you do not want to miss. So let's go. I reach. All right. What is going on, everybody? This is Paul Robinson back with you for another iReach episode. And I've got my man on, Mike Arison from Fulcrum Construction. Um, Mike, how you doing? I'm great, Paul. How are you today? I am doing well, especially now that you're on. Um, man, we've, we've done this a couple of times. Uh, we did it back in 2020, you know, when we were trying to provide services for educators um, and online resources right, for, for their students as we were going through the pandemic and talking about the industry, and then with you having your podcast. And so we've been going back and forth. So this is good, man. We get a chance to uh, just keep having these conversations, which is much needed within this industry. But before we, um, before we get into talking about the nuts and bolts of everything, I, I want to just allow you, man, just to kind of share your story uh, and how you've gotten to, to your position. Sure. So, um... I went to Auburn University and graduated in 1988. And I worked for a uh, general contractor called Abrams Construction for about 13 years. And I worked to work for a smaller company and worked for them for about three years, then decided to open up my own shop. And uh, it was the second best business decision I ever made and the third best decision I ever made in my life to open my own business. Uh, And we were uh, fairly successful. And then about six years ago, the second best business decision I ever made was to, uh, or first best best business decision I ever made was to take on some uh, partners. And so uh, some more partners. And in the process of doing that, we've grown the company um, and and had a good successful run. Yeah, no, that is, that's good. Uh, You you said a couple of things in there that I want to, I want to unpack a little bit, but you know, when we think about our audience here with the the stakeholders that are within the construction industry pipeline, you know, we've got employers and other owners such as yourself, but then there's also educators as well that want to begin to put these opportunities in front of their students and young people to let them know about the industry of construction. And then you have that younger demographic that's out there. And quite frankly, the the younger demographic that the industry is in need of. And we've had episodes in the past that have talked about the importance of early exposure. We've talked about uh, the importance of merging industry and education. Uh, When you you got into the industry, how how did you become aware of construction as a whole and then the different opportunities that existed within the industry? Yeah, so... Um, for me, it started when I was in high school and uh, I worked at a golf course uh, part time and they were building a hotel on the golf course property. And so I really got intrigued with the process of building a hotel and that kind of sparked my interest in it. And uh, when I got to Auburn, I decided on uh, building science as my as my major. Mm. Nice, nice. So early exposure, kind of being around construction taking place, um, you know, and then that's sparking and peaking an interest and then you pursuing that. So you went from working right for someone to 
starting your own company. Tell, talk to us a little bit about that process, uh, because that's one of the pathways that we like to bring visibility to as well. You know, when we think about construction, you know, we know that there is the labor shortage that's out there. We're going to get into that, um, you know, toward the um, kind of an, in another segment here with, within this episode. But talk to me a little bit about kind of transitioning from working for someone into moving into ownership and, you know, what led to that? So, yeah, I, I had no interest when I first got out of school in owning my own business. It seemed way <laughs> too risky and not something that I was interested in. So after I worked in the industry for about 10 years and I worked for the same company, I started to realize that it was really a process of making lots and lots of little decisions, but making them consistently so that you were moving in the direction, one single direction. Unfortunately, I worked for a group of people that, that um, uh, shared management styles and were very open to talking to me about uh, how the business ran and not the numbers of the business. So I got a good understanding of that as well. Then I went to work for a smaller company and um, in that process, I even had more hands-up, hands-on experience. I was in more in leadership in that role. Uh, and again, got some confidence that, yes, I can do this. And then the opportunity came to uh, potentially open my own business, and I decided to take it. So. Mm. Nice, nice. So, right. So definitely taking into account that there's more risk, right, involved because everything kind of begins and ends with you, especially as you're starting a business, especially early on in that process, but then also surrounding yourself with others that can provide that wise counsel and then making small decisions. So not necessarily hitting that home run and going from A to Z, but understanding how these small incremental decisions, just as long as you are consistent and you're able to build some traction is very important into starting something that is your own. Would that be kind of a good assessment based on what you said? Absolutely. And one of the key things is, um, so the CFO of the company I had worked for when I got out of school had retired and he had helped mentor me as far as the, the number side of the business. And after, after I started Fulcrum, I went to, his name's Tom Stock. I asked Tom if he would be interested in being our part-time CFO. And he took me up on Shout out office. to Tom. <laughs> yeah, Tom, uh, you know, somebody I trusted and helped me navigate the waters of how to open up the business and, and, and uh, make good decisions. So having a good mentor and good people around you is, is key for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, even in your position now and the relationship that we've had over the last few years, it, it seems like those people providing you the opportunity to grow into becoming what you had the potential and the capacity to do, it seems as if you're doing that for others. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, um, it's very important to give back to me in the world. And I also enjoy watching people grow and develop and take on challenges and, and, and helping them uh, let them make their own decisions, but help them uh, give them good counsel so they can make wise decisions. Yeah, and giving folks opportunities, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, when you hear somebody say, you know, one of the first, one of the best decisions that I've made was to start a company, then, you know, one of the, the other best decisions that I made was to begin to take on partners, right? To understand that you can't get there alone. Uh, someone who values having mentorship 
when we're talking to young people and like these are the things, these are the nuggets here that we want to bring to the forefront because we've all been young before, right? And we've kind of gone through that stage where we we want to accomplish something, but sometimes we negate the process or sometimes we negate the people that are in our lives that can actually add value, right? And so it's being able to take advantage of those people that we have in our lives, um, those who are spending time with us right now, maybe those who are in positions or have gone down the track that we want to get to. Uh, that's something, quite frankly, that I tell young people all the time when we're going into high schools, because when you're in high school, everybody is there for you, right? And you're not paying for that, quote unquote. Like they are there working for you. You have an entire environment that is there to support you, to help you transition into the next stage in life, into young adulthood very successfully. And it's making sure that they understand that so that they can really leverage that opportunity because after that you got to pay for everything right so <laughs> one of the things i i i found and one of the things I've, I've encouraged my own kids to do is learn how to reach out to people that can help them that can point them in the right direction uh and also with younger people in our company because I, I know when i was younger i spent a lot of time trying to figure out things myself Yes. That had I just reached out to somebody that knew how to do that, it could have cut the learning down, learning curve down tremendously. So I think that's a skill that is really valuable um, to have is knowing, figuring out who and how to reach out to somebody to get their help. And yeah, you know, yeah. You know. And, you know, that takes a, a certain level of, of vulnerability as well to to ask for help. Right. And so I think being able to, especially as someone who has gone down the track already and who has the the experience to communicate to someone who is younger. And knowing what it's like to be young and maybe having fear be the leading component to why you may not talk about something or um, just not feeling like you can approach somebody who's a little bit more seasoned and thinking that they may not be open to to helping you from your position, you know, maybe it's leading with that intentionality to let them know that, hey, I am here to help. Is that is that something that you you kind of you that you are intentional about because you know what it's like to be young. And so you're like, hey, let me help you get past some of those things that I know could be some barriers. <laughs> uh, well, I know I'm old, Paul, but I still do remember kind of what it was like to be young. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I use my words wisely. I said season and experience, man, you know. <laughs> Yeah, certainly I encourage uh, everybody in our company to reach out um, to get to get the resources they need. I also uh, regularly uh, have scheduled calls with the, the leadership team that I work with to give them an opportunity to ask me questions and talk about the things that are going on that they need help with or they want to think about. So that regular communication is a great way to foster mentorship and open lines of communication. Oh, that is, that is great. That's great. You know, and, and as you were talking about kind of what's, what, what you guys do internally as a team and how you're leading your company, um, let's talk a little bit about Fulcrum Construction, you know, where you guys work, what type of construction you do. Uh, just expound a little bit on, on you guys as a, as a whole. Sure. So uh, when I describe Fulcrum, I talk of, we're either a really big, small company or just a medium-sized company. I, I, I like to think we're a, a big, small company because we still have that 
strong family feel as a company. Yeah. Uh, we have a tight, strong culture, which I think is important. Um, so we have offices in Atlanta, San Antonio, and Los Angeles. And we primarily work in two market sectors, one retail, and the second is industrial distribution facilities. Last year, we were about a $125 million company. We have about 100 employees. Um, and uh, we've been in business just about 20 years. So. Yeah, oh, that is that is great. Um, and someone who is is very close to to Fulcrum, you know, from from my perspective, definitely a, a strong and, and good culture, um, you know, and that that really starts from the top down when you're intentional about establishing culture. And that's one of the things that you get a chance to develop, especially as you're building something from the ground up. Right. You get a chance to establish, hey, this is who we are and this is who we are not. Um, and it informs kind of everything that you do. And so, I mean, that's definitely something that I would want to to give you the kudos on is really establishing that close knit family type environment and culture within the company. So, yeah, a big little company. And that's important. Right. When when you think about bringing in young talent or just bringing in talent as a whole, talk to me a little bit about how your team, your employees have responded to having that type of unique culture where they, they feel appreciated and they feel as if they're seen and heard. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I wish I could say on day one that I, we started out to develop this really strong culture. Uh, we did have intentionality to have fun and work hard because construction is hard work, whether you're out in the field or whether you're in the office, it's, it's not an easy profession. Yes. But we wanted to have fun while we're doing it. And, and that grew into kind of three things. It grew into playing to win for our customers and for our employees and for ourselves. So believing that there's a way that all of us can win together, uh, that the pie is big enough for all of us to win. And foundational to all that is keeping our word. Like that, you just keep your word. If you mm -hmm. tell somebody you're gonna do something, you keep your word. If you don't get it done or you screw it up, you own up to it and you figure out how to fix it. So, and then taking care of our employees is one of the other three foundational things that we, we strongly believe in. And that, it really is a, a uh, those foundational things make a difference in poking folks that you want to be part of your company sticking around. And we've really been well served by that. So we don't have a lot of turnover at Fulcrum, uh, especially for those that we want to be part of our company, they're there. Yeah. We also see that show up in when we hire. We are very, very, very diligent in our hiring process. Um, we want to make sure that they're a good fit for our company because what we found is that we hire somebody that's not a good fit culturally for a company. It doesn't matter the technical skills that they have. Yeah. Within three to six months, it just won't work out. Yeah, no, that is, that is really important. Uh, just talking about you know, how significant culture is and how employees respond to that, but also how you grew into establishing that culture. And so, right, not necessarily starting at Z, right, but it's it's growing as the company grows and you learn more and you discover more. And then that informs how you begin to to move forward and certain things that you get in place. And so, no, thanks for, for sharing. That. And it's always important to get the 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 employer's side of of things um and the intentionality from a leadership perspective because you know you and i have had various conversations we talk about this all the time when we think about the landscape of this industry 
how we have a generation that is retiring out and we're not backfilling at the same rate as people are leaving the industry. How are you guys dealing with that uh, in terms of creating more awareness about construction, understanding that you know, this demographic that the industry is in need of is the most diverse that it has ever been. Um, and how do we kind of combat, you know, maybe some of the, the perceptions that are already out there about the industry or just the lack of awareness about what you can do within the industry? How are you guys tackling that? So first of all, we're partnering with folks like Constructors, right? So that's their mission. Your mission, Paul, is to help uh, attract the demographic that we need to the construction industry. So ours is through various partnerships with ConstructReach. We partner with different schools to yeah. host women in construction or girls in construction camps, uh, partnering, providing scholarships to uh, young folks to get into the, uh, to get through college. So those are the ways that we are working to help um, and then being intentional, our intern program, we set up with ConstructReach a, a robust internship program to introduce construction to, uh, to people uh, and diverse demographics. So those are the ways that we're working to uh, help solve this crisis in the industry. Yeah, no, that is, that's good, Mike. I mean, and right, you know, we work very closely together in, in trying to create those opportunities, creating internships, exposure for young people before it's too late, right? While they're already in a learning environment and then they have time to make an informed decision about what they want to do next. Uh, that also puts you in position to build that pipeline, awarding scholarships, intentional relationships with other schools, colleges, the community or what have you. And those are all vital pieces, you know, to make sure that, you know, from an industry standpoint and a company standpoint that you are ubiquitous and getting in front of a younger demographic where they are and creating tangible opportunities, right? Or tangible um, learning experiences so that they can make informed decisions. And it, that's exactly, you know, what's needed when we, when we think about the landscape of the industry and the intentionality that's there, I think hitting on the culture, right? Making sure that we have a culture that is ready to receive a younger demographic and more importantly, a, a diverse demographic is hugely important because they could learn a lot, but if they come into an environment where they feel like they don't have a place or that they can't succeed or that they don't have the support, then now, right, we lose that, that, that person. And then they go and tell, you know, 20 to 25 other people, hey, you may not want to do that. Right. And so having that intentionality from a leadership perspective is is definitely important. And especially when we're trying to tackle this crisis, you know, you kind of see the importance of that intentionality and making sure that the environment is there. And, you know, I would say this just from our relationship, Mike, and another testament to you is when you are beginning to tackle this crisis, right? And this has become a mainstream conversation. Um, you know, conversations about DEI, they're no longer, they've always been there, but they're more mainstream conversations now. They're in the intersection of society. And this is something that has to be modeled, uh, especially within the industry of construction, because it's been a longstanding area of opportunity uh, for 
the industry as a whole. You have companies that that are very intentional about it, but as an industry as a whole, to have a culture that is conducive to a minority success and the way that you have led, you know, with dedicating the time to really lean into DEI and reaching out to a younger demographic and speaking and establishing those relationships with schools and even with your alma mater, um, I would say, and I want to hear your perspective as well, I would say that these kind of initiatives, especially when it gets into, you know, what we have labeled as a crisis and how, you know, it, it gets into the, the, a component of our society that has really been a problem since the foundation of, of this country, if you will, um, it's important for things to be modeled, that to be modeled from the top down. Oh, absolutely. It, you know, it, and you know, we, we, this all gets back to the, to giving back, right? Like we, I just feel like we all have a personal responsibility to give back to the world. Yep. And here's a place that we can have an impact and it would be good for society. It would be good for the construction industry. It'd be good for young people and it'd be good for our company. So it's at that intersection and it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is, that is good, Mike. Um, so when we're talking about the need to to attract more young people into this industry um, or beginning to put relevant information in front of educators so that they can speak to their students or maybe their parents as well about the opportunities that are presented uh, within this industry. What, what would you want young people to know about construction that they may not know or may not have a full picture or understanding of? Well, I think number one to lead off with the wages in construction are very good, right? Yes. It, like you can't compare the, if you compare the wages of an entry level construction employee to a fast food worker, there's no comparison. And if you look five years in the future of that same person, their wages are, are much greater than somebody that's still working in the food service industry. So you can build a career and you can build a financially successful life working in the construction business. I think that's number one. Two, in the construction industry, there are a ton of different jobs. Not every job in the construction industry is out swinging a hammer or uh, pipe fitting yeah. or tying rebar. There's a ton of other job opportunities in construction that also need to be filled. But if you are a crafts type person, that has that skill, your ability to earn top dollar is enhanced because mm -hmm. that's where the real crisis is, is in the trades. And um, those folks can do really well. So uh, I would encourage anybody that uh, has an interest in earning a really good wage to check out the construction industry. Yeah. Well said, Mike. So it sounds like I'm going to translate that a little bit for, for, for the younger demographics. So if you want to secure the bag, right, <laughs> then consider construction uh, because it is an industry that you could make a decent and, and well-off living in. Uh, I mean, that is something that, that Mike has spoke to. Uh, just wanted to just kind of put that little extra sauce on a little bit to, to make <laughs> you understand that, listen, that is a real thing. <laughs> it, it, is a, it is a real thing, yeah. Good, good, good. But, you know, the the other things that you mentioned as well. Right. I think when when we talk to to young people, a lot of times 
what we hear about what they can do within the industry is what they see. And a lot of times they just see maybe it's road work that's taking place, um, you know, things that they can just see on an everyday basis. And they limit construction to just what they see. And one of the things that we try to amplify is that, yeah, although that's a part of construction, that's not the totality of it, right? Like there's so many different career pathways that exist. And then because there's such a need there on the skilled trades positions, um, that is definitely an area, you know, that is worth looking into. And you may have that, that, that skill set, that gifting to be able to, to operate, you know, in, in a particular skilled trade that can definitely uh, put you in a good position from a financial perspective. And so um, let's see any um, anything else, Mike, that that you want to that you want to mention that you want to talk through. Uh, it's always good when we have these conversations. You know, you're such a wealth of knowledge. Um, you know, your company is doing well. We get a chance to do some amazing things together. Anything else before we wrap up? Well, I would I would just say that, you know, Paul, hats off to you for the great work that you've done in founding Construct Reach and success that you've had. Uh, and, and and partnering with with people like Fulcrum and other companies in really moving the industry forward. It, it's as we just talked about, it's a crisis. And uh, but with all of this getting shoulder to shoulder and working together, yep. I know it's a crisis we can solve and we'll solve together. Yes, yes. Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, like I said, you make my job a lot easier, uh, especially when there's the willingness on both sides, right? And so. Kudos to you. Um, yeah, we've got great work in store. So thanks. I know we'll have you on again. We've always got a lot of stuff to chat about. We've got some things coming up uh, later this year that I'm pretty sure we'll get a chance to wrap about as well. And so thanks for joining us. Take care. Thanks. Thanks, Paul. Have a good day. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning into our show. Remember, like, share, subscribe to the podcast and join the movement as we reach to build a better future that we can all be proud of.